Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I am your host, James Carmody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 140. What an honor, a blessing, and a privilege. The support over the last three years has just been very overwhelming, and it's clear that we are on the right track. People want to hear the good news. People want to hear the good stories about folks, servant leadership, and the impact that they're making. We have another great show in store for you. We have an organization that's really, really, really bridging the gap um, between government, care, families, supporting aviators in a very big way. Um, we have the Director of Operations and Executive Director for the Wingman Foundation, Ricky Savage and Michael Rogers. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you guys are, are filling a, a very important need with our aviators. Um, you know, we're going to unpack the Wingman Foundation and what you guys are up to. But, but before we get into that, you know, share a little bit about your background and, and what's kind of been the impetus for the foundation. I guess I'll kick it off. And this is uh, Michael. Um, I think the big thing for, for me going through is that I knew growing up in Northern California that I wanted to serve. And uh, I ended up going to the Naval Academy and, and thinking that this is really what I wanted to do and spend my whole life doing. I uh, ended up really being inspired to become a Marine and to become a Marine pilot. And so after graduating, that's what I ended up doing, becoming a CH-53 pilot, so a heavy lift helicopter. And I really enjoyed my time doing that because of the, the relationships that you build. And in an aircraft, you know, there's, there's definite, there's a hierarchy and a chain of command, but then there's also like a, a sense of community and taking care of each other between the pilots and the air crew. And in, in a squadron in general with the maintainers, the people who are working day and night to maintain the aircraft and, you know, and then the people who are going to go out and fly them. And so uh, when it came time to, to leave active duty service, uh, a couple of guys who had started the Wingman Foundation asked me to if I wanted to take a bigger role because I would I would show up at the events and you know try to give my support as much as I could and and I really thought that this is, this would be something that I could be a part of so I took over as the head of programs for the first year and a half and then took on the role of executive director after uh, you know we made a couple organizational changes that we started to grow and really increase our impact we needed to have like a larger structure to do that so been at the executive director role for about a year and we were continuing to grow and, and uh, assist with with Navy and Marine Corps aviation and uh, not just the pilots you know because there are you know people who are affected by mishaps that aren't just the air crew you know and the pilots or the observers and gunners in the back but also maintainers so making sure that the Naval aviation, when we say that, that's Navy and Marine Corps aviation. It's a very dangerous business, yes. something that we realize, you know, as living it. And so, you know, the Wingman Foundation was playing a big role in, in supporting that. And when I had the opportunity to take on, you know, a small role, I did. And when I had the opportunity to take on a bigger role, I definitely, uh, you know, wanted to step up and, and fill the gap and try to lead the organization to supporting as best we could. Thank you for, for stepping up. It sounds like, you know, it's obviously very important organization but you're stepping into a big role you know and you're putting others before yourself you know and that's what servant leadership is all about ricky share with us a little bit about your background how'd you get involved 
Well, I don't really have that exciting of a story. I enlisted in the Marine Corps a bunch of years ago. That's uh, an I, exciting story. Exactly. I wanted to, didn't really have a plan, so joined the Corps. I always knew I wanted to be in aviation, uh, but I started off as a jet mechanic. Okay. Uh, years later, I became uh, uh, an engineering officer for the uh, V-22 Osprey, and I also uh, ultimately became combat air crew. So I was a mechanic to begin with, and then I yeah. actually flew. <clears throat> and after I flew, it really connected what we did in Marine and Naval Aviation all together. Uh, for the organization, uh, on my last deployment in 2014, we actually lost one of our crew chiefs. His name is Jordan Spears. He's the genesis of the organization. Mm -hmm. One of the founders, good buddy, good friend of ours, Phil Duong, was on the same deployment with us overseas in Iraq. Uh, once this event occurred, him and his two friends that had also been, already been doing some unofficial wingmen. Can wing you share that story with us? Well, so really, what uh, a Jordan Spears story. Yes. So <laughs> we were... Uh, 2014, uh, the Middle East started acting like the Middle East again. So they rapidly deployed two Osprey squadrons, one aboard a ship, one, one the one I was with uh, on land. We were stationed in Kuwait. So ultimately, we were running, flying an operation one day. Uh, airplane lifted off the ship, uh, went into the water, uh, different power setting. Uh, they were able to ultimately recover the aircraft, but two crew chiefs had to jump out of the back. One survived, one didn't. I, that th was my former squadron. I had flown with everybody on that airplane, so it was very personal for me. So we were actually in Kuwait, airplane spinning, waiting for them to join us. Didn't happen. A couple days later, uh, or we f knew what happened later that evening. A couple days later, we had to fly the same exact mission profile, which every Marine aviator or air crew or anybody understands that. So once we got through that, I came home, I retired, and I knew that the Wingman Foundation was where I needed to go work at. It's as simple as that. I can't imagine. So, I mean, so obviously there's, you know, there's, there's a need, there's countless families, you know, there's, there's spouses, there's kids. Talk to us about, you know, what does boots on the ground, like what are, what exactly are you guys doing for these families? What kind of services and care are you guys providing? Well, I think the big thing that, you know, especially if people are not as familiar with the military should know, you know, because you have a, a very wide audience of people who are, are interested in just servant leadership. But the the government does take care of spouses and, and children. And, you know, there is things that they're, you know, they're provided in, in incidents of tragedy. But the, the real tough part is, you know, nobody's family is really that confined or, you know, some people have different ideas of family. And so there's people that are always going to be a little bit on the outside of that financial support and they're going to be going through the same emotions as a spouse or children or parents would be. Um, so what the Wingman Foundation really tries to do is is provide some support in terms of we'll, we'll arrange for getting flights together for, for extended family members because, you know, the government actually has somebody who's trying to do it for the parents to get them to a local memorial service at, you know, at the base that they're at or, you know, back to home to the funeral where the, uh, or the fallen are actually going to, you know, eventually rest. And so that's where we saw a big need at the Wingman Foundation for myself. I was engaged on, you know, one of my deployments. And I, before I left, I told my now wife, you know, if something happens to me, there are certain things that you just aren't going to get that you would if we were married. And, you know, I did everything possible to get the, my paperwork straightened out, my will done, my insurance all was all to her. My family was completely understanding and supportive. But I had a very ideal situation where she was, you know, she was very supportive of that, where some guys may not know that and or I was getting ready for a deployment. So I had that tough conversation and 
you know, when you're just training, it's just as dangerous as you are if you're on a deployment. And so if you look at Navy and Marine Corps aviation over the past several years, that's, you know, it's been just as tragic, if not more so, you know, in training regular, regular flight operations. And so we really try to, you know, reach out to the families through official government channels and basically offer them travel support. You know, the units will always put together a memorial service. So we try to ease the burden on the unit as well. They're going through their own tragedy. They're trying to not only go through the healing process, but also, you know, get back to regular operations because there's always going, you know, just like Ricky had said, there's another flight coming up. There's another deployment coming up. And so they can't, they may not be able to focus in on all that stuff. So we try to make sure that they don't have to worry about raising money to have a a nicely catered funeral service or something like that, where, you know, we have, unfortunately, we've gotten to do this multiple times supporting the unit. So we kind of know where we can step up and really provide fast support without them having to, that extra stress. So that's really where we're trying to, to be. Can you share any, you know, any recent stories? I can actually share. Well, the, so unfortunately we've had, we're, we've just got hit with our seventh mishap this year. Last year, there were six major mishaps in Navy and aviation, Navy and Marine Corps aviation. The USS H.W. Bush just had a, a yellow shirt, basically a deck handler, uh, get killed with uh, getting hit with a propeller on Monday. So, for example, contact the USS Bush. We'll figure out what's going on. We know that this individual has a fiance about two or three weeks ago. <clears throat> Unfortunately, they're probably not going to be given the SGLI and whatnot or what. But we treat fiancés and girlfriends just like spouses, just like Mike was alluding to when he deployed his future now wife was the girlfriend law. If anything would have happened to him, it's unfortunate, but that's just how that works. Sure. And we all have different views and opinions right. of family. You know, but, what lies in the government or law is vastly yeah. different than what's real. And it's not. And let's face it, it's not so much the government's fault. They have to go by rules and whatnot. Uh, but you just alluded to it. How many people do you call family that aren't blood related? Absolutely. Same thing. So to the question, that's exactly what we'll do for her. So we've we've reached out to her. We'll be contacted within 24 hours or so to speak. So whatever she needs to get to, you know, to the funeral or the memorial service or aftercare will provide. And one of the big things that, that Ricky was saying too, and, and you allude to as well, the family, you know, that's the other thing too, is that, you know, siblings aren't really covered by a lot of these government travel sure. regulations either. And, and they're going to be going through the exact same stuff. And so even those really defined relationships, but you know, they're, like you said, there's how many people would you consider, you know, a best friend that you grew up with, or, you know, even, you know, we've had cases where cousins who grew up in the same home, you know, something like that, they're essentially brothers, but you know, not according to, you know, a very defined family tree. And we've done a case where we've put together a memorial service and a, a plaque dedication here at Mount Soledad. And so they're great partners with us. We will do uh, plaque dedication ceremonies for, you know, basically all the San Diego air crew that are affected by it because it's a good spot for healing for the units that are left behind as well. And we did one uh, a couple months ago where this uh, it was a aerial observer. He was a Marine. He was basically, he was killed when the landing gear malfunctioned. He was crushed by an aircraft, by a helicopter. And we had gotten together with somebody who was raising money and put up a plaque. And so we said, you know, once this, you know, if you can't raise enough money to put the plaque up, because they're expensive at Mount Soledad, and if you can't raise it, we'll, we'll be able to, to cover the rest. And they were. And he said, well, we want the whole family to be able to see this. This guy was from Texas. His family would probably never come out to San Diego, you know, uh, to see it. And so we put together 
you know, some flights and hotels for, and rental cars for this guy's family. And we did his brother, you know, uh, cousins, his godmother. Uh, and that was a real big thing that, uh, you know, we flew him out here. And when the Mount Soledad, they do like a small memorial service and they, they have a flag provided as well, just like you would at a mil- military funeral. And um, the mom had said, you know, I have a flag, but his godmother doesn't. And, you know, he was, she was just like a mom to him. So uh, I, I was able to present that flag to the godmother. And you could tell that that was like a really big step for, you know, acknowledgement of, you know, that extra, what we were doing really works with that that extended family, the family that you choose, yeah. you know, is getting healing to, process yes. for them. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, and this is seven years later. And so it was a great moment for us and you can't reach out, unfortunately, as a all volunteer nonprofit, we can't reach out to everybody and try to make sure they're getting every single thing that they need. But this was a case where we saw a, a need or a ability to support something. And we really were able to work with the family very well and, and figure out what they needed in their moment right there and, and it seemed to work out pretty well. Yeah, and you're making a difference with those that you can and those that you can make a difference with. How do, you know, how do we get involved with you guys? How does the community come up and partner with you guys and support you? Oh, well, I think one of the big things is, you know, we're, we're very active on social media. Ricky is, you know, he puts together a lot of events and sometimes some porters will actually tell us about, Hey, we're doing this fundraiser and you, you're going to get all the money from it. So that's, you know, really great for that's us. That's a nice phone call to yeah. get, I'm sure. Our friends, as a matter of fact, we have a lot of friends down on Pacific beach, uh, Mina Desneros and Billy Ramirez. They own the PB shore club and the local yeah. that those areas have really funded the wingman foundation in perpetuity. I mean, significant amounts of money we are very lucky as a nonprofit that we're not scrounging for for every single dollar so we could focus our efforts on the things that you know on those gold star family members but so if we have we'll post if we're going to do stuff and and uh really try to say if there's events like there was a human foosball tournament that the pb short club put together we yep. were we got the we got the proceeds of a uh, sing dance crawl is a a big event memorial day weekend that we are the uh the big uh Benefactors, Re- yeah, yeah, benefactors, recipients of all the money that comes in through that. And then we put on a couple of events that are solely hosted by us. We do May is a really big month for us, Memorial Day. And so we put together a big campaign called Memorial May this year where we ended up bringing in a lot of money through uh, just different fundraising venues, really trying to put our, our staff to work on, you know, making sure that May was a real special month. We we had a walk in in DC, which is 20, how many miles? 20 miles, 140 people. Uh, every mile we'd stop and remember uh, a fallen air crew or a couple crews. And we had several, the interesting, the cool part about that was every mile there was multiple Gold Star family members there. But if the family wasn't there, there was a uh, squadron member. So every single mile, somebody knew the fallen. And then we did that for all day in DC. And, was, wow. and, and we got some great supporters that reached out and said, I can't make it up. I can't make it up to D.C., but I, I want to do this walk. I love what you guys are doing. And so we had a group of about 50 to 60 in Pensacola do this walk together. We had three guys who are instructors in flight school that said, you know, we want it, We want to help. And, and yep. they were very personally affected by a recent mishap. And so, uh, you know, they did that. One of them is actually continuing to help out. And he's putting together with another one of our staff members a, uh, a 5K in Pensacola coming up in October. So yep. if anybody's available and we'll post information, too, we're going to have a remote run. Runner. So that way, if you want you want to support us and you're into running, you can just go run a 5K anywhere and get the T-shirt mailed out to you. And then we're going to do it. And yeah. then we're going to do another run in uh, in Corpus Christi, Texas, in in December. And that's a lot of it's through Ricky's guidance of our operations team and people reaching out and saying, "Hey, I want to help." 
what can we do? And so we just kind of try to give them enough tools to do that. And, and meanwhile, always being ready to support uh, Navy and Marine Corps Aviation if there are tragedies, making sure we're not losing anything there. Where do we find you guys? You know, what's, what's the website? And then, you know, where do people need to be going? What are some tangible actions that our listeners can take? So our website is the wingmanfoundation.org. Uh, we're very active on Instagrams, uh, Facebook, and uh, Twitter as well. So we put Anytime there's something going on with the organization, be it a local event or recently the mishap and mishap support, it'll go out on all three mediums. <clears throat> so that's the best way to follow us. Uh, and in terms of support, the biggest thing we can get from people is just vet us, check us, because as we talked about before, there's a lot of organizations out there. We want people to know that we're legitimate. So just sure. sharing the information about us. We kind of alluded to it before. We like fundraising, but that's not really our that's not really the challenge for us. Having more people know about us so we can help more people is really what our mission is. Yeah. And for the fundraising events, we'll bring out Gold Star family members as well, Always. you know, and have them be our guests for the event. And that way they can see, you know, there's still a lot of people who care about Navy Marine Corps aviation and and there's always going to be somebody there who knew you know their family member Um, you know it's very tight-knit and then the other big thing is on our website that's where we'll do fundraising and in the case of a mishap we'll post the information out there and we give the families opportunities to uh, to post you know what they wanted they have a message out for family and friends that might not be able to see the local newspaper or anything like that and it's very you know people from all over the country and all over the world are posting you know their their thoughts and prayers to you know these families that are going through all that and we'll also do a very dedicated fundraising for each mishap where every dollar every single cent that comes in uh through that specific page will be dedicated towards that mishap support and then you know administrative costs you know things like running a website costs money unfortunately and so you know the the money that we get in from our very generous supporters you know like like the shore club or or some other other ones those pay for a lot of those administrative costs so we can really focus that you can rest assured if you donate to support a very specific mishap all of that money is going to go to the people that are affected by 100 percent. fantastic well i mean the, the wingman foundation it sounds i'm clear that you guys are providing a very important need um, you know, I love that you guys are going about it in a very thoughtful and caring and meaningful way, right? What are some parting words for our listeners that we need to know? Uh, well, something we talked about earlier was we talked about aviators. Uh, unfortunately, the majority of the people that get hurt are air crew aviators, uh, but we do have people like the one we just spoke about earlier, the deck crew maintainers, the organizations for everybody, all people in naval aviation. So if an individual is on a flight deck or fueling an aircraft or doing anything to support it, it's they're covered 100%. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and like Ricky said that, you know, we, we go to a very extensive lengths to make sure that we're going, you know, about it the right way. And, and every single time a mishap occurs, we are we are getting that call to action, you know, internally and reaching out to the right people through official channels. So uh, just because we may not post something right away, it's because we're trying to respect the, you know, the government's process of notification, making sure the family doesn't, you know, hear about it through through us. Um, and we're always going to be there supporting. And if the, you know, if the family says respectfully, you know, we don't really need anything right now, then we're still going to stand by and, and we are our offer of support doesn't have a, a timeline or a time limit on it or an expiration date. And so we're always going to be there to try to really help those families. And we're right now, we're, we're doing it as an all-volunteer organization, making sure that, you know, donors' money, we're treating it like our own. You know, I know Ricky and myself have put a lot of money, our own money into making sure that we're doing things that Wingman needs. And so just for supporters to know that the money that they are giving is going to it's going to the right place and we you know as you know 
to officers and gentlemen, we can rest assured that you know it's definitely going to where it needs to go. Well, Michael and Ricky, thank you for what you do. Thank you for the Wingman Foundation. You know, we're going to be following you guys on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, keeping up. We'll make sure that we support. We'll continue to share the stories on the Rise Up Network. And I just thank you for all that you do. And welcome to the network. And folks listening to this, get out there and find these guys online. Find them on Facebook and Instagram. Get involved. Support them. And remember, rise up.